Welcome to the Bent Times. I'm Matthew. And I'm Catherine. Today we are joined by Kate Avanzino, a fountain pen friend of ours located in Oaxaca, Mexico. She is an avid collector and spends her days as a coffee roaster and barista. Her co- coffee company, OAX Coffee, is now available in the U.S. and I'm currently drinking a cup in solidarity. Welcome, Kate. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to Hi, be Kate. here with you guys. Hi, Matthew. We have been very much looking forward to this since... Oh, ditto. I don't know. How long have we been talking about doing this? Like, a while now. A while. Yeah, a little while. I'm very excited. Me too. So, what was your day? What did you do today? Um, oh gosh. No, I, you know, that's like... Oh, I had a lot of work stuff. <laughs> I've got green coffee. I So, I work in coffee. I do a lot of coffee things. Um anything that has to do with coffee. So I actually have like three, I actually have like four different projects going on right now. And aside from roasting coffee, extracting coffee, um, selling coffee roasted, you know, hither and thither. Um, I'm also exporting coffee right now. And so I, it's like the bane of my existence. I have coffee stuck in Laredo. I don't even know if I said that right, but I, I've got, I've got coffee stuck in Laredo. This is, yeah, the bane of my existence. It's been there for three weeks. It's heading out to a roasting collective out in California, and it just is not clearing customs. And so I am just back and forth with the customs broker, and it is a PIA. So that was my morning. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) I hope you can uh, relax and have a little bit of a chill evening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying. Hence, Modelo Especial. I think I'm here for that. Such a good beer. Uh, well, I mean, way, way better. I know people like tend to go towards like Corona for like their Mexican beer, but Modelo is leaps and bounds better. It is. It really is. Honestly, um, yeah. you know what, what the, what, I mean, I li- I'm in, Sa- so I'm in Oaxaca, I'm in Southern Mexico and the, I mean, cause in Northern Mexico, it's different. Um, my ex-husband was from Northern Mexico. And so he would drink, um, what did he drink? Pacifico? Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And but like everybody down here drinks Victoria, so they'll call it Vicky. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, but if there's no Vicky available, which there wasn't, unfortunately. Um, well, there was, but just like in giant bottles and you know, like a. <laughs> you didn't want to get wasted. Yeah. I didn't want to get wasted. I just gotta keep it classy. Gotta keep it classy. So um, I went for a can of maybe a, a large can and a small can. Of Modelo Especial. So cheers. I'm here for that. Cheers. Woo. Cheers. <laughs> Are you drinking anything tonight, Matthew? Uh, just Sierra Nevada. So kind of my, nice. one of my staples here at the house. So it's, it's, it's available at the grocery. So, yeah. Very nice. I am drinking OAX coffee. <laughs> Yay. Which I had this morning. I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking mine in a koozie. It's in a koozie. Uh, from the Carolina Ale House, which is a restaurant here, and the bottom of the koozie says Ale Yeah, which is oh, like a fun cool. like play on their name, which I think is so fun. Ale Yeah, so. Ale Yeah, Ale Yeah. Woo. I love That's it. That's like a real Southern way of saying it. Anyway, we would drop the H like Ale Yeah. You don't go out. <laughs> yeah. it's a good oh. oh my gosh! Well, I will be the not alcohol person tonight, but that's okay. So let's kick it off. Kate, what was your radioactive spider bite in Depends? Oh my gosh, ah, the question, the question. Um, <laughs> so I had to think about it, because I was, you know, and I really went back, and I was like, you know what, I've been using, 
Apica paper since I was like 13. And I figured wow. out why. Yeah, I figured out why. Not, I mean, like I've always been, when I listened to, I don't remember which episode it was. I think it was, it might've been your first episode when you were like, oh, so I've always been really particular about paper and pens. And, you know, you would go try all the paper and feel it and all that and like figure out which pens to get and always have like all the cool colors of G2s or whatever. So I would do that too. But, um, so I was born in San Francisco and my mom, um, grew up in the nineties. I'm 33. <laughs> I'm like, it's like the millennial generation here kind of still. And, um, so I remember in the nineties, you know, like the age of money and productivity, we would go down to Fillmore, the Fillmore district and like North beach in San Francisco and go shopping like this is back in the day. Right. And so she yeah. was really into like shabby chic and like all of these, you know, kind of like really cute, but like kind of hoity toity boutique things. And so the only thing for me when I was like, you know, 11, 12, 13 were the notebooks. And so she would be looking at like, you know, like bedding and decorations and decor and all, and like, you know, um, uh, furniture. And like, I would just go look around for like little stuff. And so there would be these notebooks that were gorgeous and they were the applicant notebooks and you know, that said notebook on it. And then, but I would like be very confused because I was so convinced that because of their style, these must be French, right? They must be French notebooks and you turn around, there's Japanese. And so, but I, I've had them for a long time, but they were so pretty. I, you know, I always, I always kind of saved them and, you know, cause they weren't like all the other papers. And so that, that, and she always had, like my mom always had, um, their, I think they've now been discontinued their Pentel disposable fountain pens, but they're called the fountain Pentel. And they're, I, I'm pretty sure they're discontinued, but they're like white and it's like a plastic feed with like a felt tip that's around it. And on one side, it like is stiff. And on the other side, it, it gives you some flex. And so she's had these and she still has them and uses them. Um, she, and my mom is a retired nurse. So like, mm. I'll be like, oh, cats left my friend of mine. And you know, she's a doctor and she'll be like, oh, that's awesome. And so as a retired nurse and as a nurse, she was always really into like pens and paper, but she would always use these fountain pen towels. And so I grew up with those and I grew up with like mm. nice paper. And we were always into, um, stationary and going to like back in Berkeley, like in the nineties, there were printing presses that were doing really neat things, um, on, and like making their own paper and, and doing, doing interesting things. So I've always been really into paper and, um, pens and, um, art. And so that's kind of where it came from. And then I just started, I bought a Kakuno like, um, maybe five years ago. But I'm in Oaxaca, and I've been in Oaxaca for a long, long time. And so I couldn't find ink to refill it, and so I kind of gave up. I was like, well, like, what am I going to do? Like, I put calligraphy ink in there, like the Winsor Newton stuff, and that no, went very badly. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah no. I'm sorry. I ruined the Kakuna. Like, I got really frustrated. I couldn't figure out what to do, and I was just like, you know, F it, and tossed it. And then two years later, I was like, I missed it, and so I bought another one, and then it just kind of went from there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, so um, I actually uh, was at maybe like Michael's or something one day, one time early on in my fountain pen stuff, and I found this um, Higgins bottle of Higgins ink, and it said like fountain pen ink on it, which is like so misleading. And I was new, so I was like, oh, cool. Like, and it was like, oh, it's gray, you know, not your like standard black or blue. So I buy it and I put it in a pen and like it just absolutely destroyed the pen. I mean, it dried out yeah. like within like a week or two and just <laughs> right. would like, I mean, it just the whole pen was trashed. 
Um, right. I want to know, like, how many people start out with fountain pens and accidentally put calligraphy ink in them? Well, because like, they say, like, the Higgins ton. ink it's specifically, lot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the Higgins ink specifically says fountain pen. And so it's totally misleading. And especially at somewhere like Michael's where you can buy those, like, um, manuscript brand or, like, Schaefer brand, like, calligraphy fountain pens that have, like, a 1.1 or, like, a 1.5 stub. Stub, um, yeah. You know, those are sold there. And so, like, I wonder how many people buy those and then buy that bottle of ink and then their pen gets all clogged up and they're like, well, calligraphy sucks. Um and so, like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm always curious about that, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be a large portion of people. <laughs> there are cute cats in the background. And let's there just are cute cats in the background. This. Oh, oh they're and they're, so like, cute. sharing knowledge. Look at them. Oh, they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a meeting. They are. They're, they're, they're in a meeting behind us. They're, they're confer conferring on our Zoom call. Do you have a radioactive spider bite into coffee, Kate? Yeah, kind of. It's, um, oh, it, yeah, well, I've been in Oaxaca for a long time. I've been in Oaxaca since 2008, um, January of 2008. Um, and I just one day was like, fuck it, I miss croissants. And, <laughs> you know, like, conchas are great. I love conchas, right? And love Mexican bread, not a knock on Mexican bread. But was like, damn, I really miss, you know, like, croissants and, um, you know, American-style pastries and whatnot. And so I started baking, and I opened a bakery, and then I closed it, and then I opened another one, and then I closed that. And then through this kind of, you know, like, opening and closing and being like, oh, this is hard, because um, bread is hard. Like, it's physically grueling and you have to be like up at five or, or even earlier, um, which is fine, you know, but it's also really hard. Um, and I just eventually met one of my now best friends who has a specialty coffee shop and she, um, taught me the ways of uh, coffee. And it, it was just, it was so more, it was, it was just so much more, um, I mean, and it's just not a knock about bread. I'm going to get like a bunch of messages later that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe You've, you know, like, talked to speak, spoken so badly about, you know, bread and fermentation and all that. But um, coffee is just so intense and intricate, and um, it's really sciencey. So, I, you know, I just really yeah. fell in love with the nerdiness of it. Um, and, it, you know, it's like a rabbit hole from there. Very, very similar to pens. All I know is, like, having started talking to you lately, uh, I have realized just how much I don't know about coffee. Right. Um, so I, I posted about Kate's coffee on my Facebook and was like, thank you. Y'all yeah. need to try this. Yeah. And, and, um, it's like something with, I don't know, there's some fancy fermentation and basically right. you and a friend of mine just had this big, long conversation about like the strains of bacteria that were you. And I was like, oh my God, right. just, this is so, so out of my league. But I also right. recognize that's what people who aren't into pens probably think about me when I talk about pens. They're like, oh my god, right. that's so complicated. <laughs> right. I have like a semi-planned rant for like a little, a little bit later in the podcast about coffee. I won't take very much time. <laughs> I love it. Well, he we're here for it. What are you playing Ooh. with, Matthew? Yeah. What is that? Oh, it's one of those po polka polka pins. Oh, that's what cute. is it? It's just like a little ballpoint thing. That's it's cute. It's all plastic. That I got from Joe Crace, gentleman stationer. It's 
just a Ooh. fun little like it right it's like a bic it's like a little like bic ballpoint hmm. they're cheap you love like pocket pens don't you like eight bucks i just love stuff i just i just want the stuff all the stuffs so anyway i have a pocket pocket pen i got a bunch of them and they're bright orange and they're fun and plasticky and cheap that's really cute you love pocket pens. Did you pick up the new spoke pen? I did. It'll be here maybe Saturday. I'm a sucker for it. Like metal, titanium, clicky, magnety, magnety, magnetic, whatever. Magnetic. Like magnetic, magnetic, magnety. That's it. Trademark. If it's metal Boom. and you can put it in your pocket, you're going to buy it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Also, magnety. I'm, I'm, that's mine. I'm copywriting it. Nobody take it. Fidgety. If it's a you heard fidgety it here first, item. Folks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like this, you can just like, play with it and. I have nothing to be fidgety with right now. You can do magic tricks but, with it. Do you guys know how to flip pens? What? I don't. It's dangerous with Like buy pens. them and sell them for more money no, than you no, paid no, for no, them? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was like a really bad. I don't know if you could see me, but like like you have it in your hand and you like find where the balance is and then you, it's, I haven't done it. This is a marker. So um, like you just will kind of flip it around your thumb and then catch it. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's a good thing. That. That's like, a, like an ADHD I'm to figure it out. I think yeah. I probably do some variation of that at work. I'm extremely fidgety. Which is why I use the tactile turn because it's like the the bolt action on the side. Mm -hmm. I just basically click all day, and drive my coworkers nuts. <laughs> I've been carrying my Aurora Black Mamba, which we talked about in our last episode that um, I scored. But like I've been carrying it, and it's like a tactile thing where I just like keep like rubbing it, because like, <laughs> it feels that snake texture. Like, it feels like a snake. Like I don't know how they did it, but they. Like, I think they actually went and got snakes and just made pens out of them. It's a snake. Is it a lot heavier than snack. the Optima? It's a snack. It is lighter. It's so light. It's no. so light. Like, when I took it out of the box, I was like, oh, it's way lighter than I thought. Like, I remembered it was. It's so light. I don't know. I could Not put it lighter on than the Optima, though. That, that can't be mm. for reals. I don't know. I have to weigh them and find out. I'll do that. We'll put it in the show notes. It's real light, okay. though. Yeah. When you look at it, it's all black, and, and it looks, you, you're you expecting this, like, dense thing. Uh-huh. It is very You're just going to keep touching mad. it. <laughs> Matthew is stroking his pen right now. It's very odd. <laughs> <Lady>. Anyway. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> All right, let's get this back on track. So, Kate, do Sorry. you use your fountain pens with your coffee job at all? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Do I ever, Kat? Um, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, there are. I think I have a bullet point list here. Let's go oh through it. Oh, my gosh. It. Yeah. <laughs> let's go through it. Okay. Um, Kate is well, very prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I don't like being all, you know, like, catch me you know off guard and then i'll say something stupid um that's okay i'll say something stupid anyway um 
Yeah, well, I use it when, I, when I'm roasting, I usually roast uh, coffee um, with, uh, I'll roast with two laptops simultaneously. So I'm looking at roasting curves and I'm trying to figure out what the coffee is going to do, how the moisture is going to evaporate, what flavors I want, um, what, what changes I need to make. And so I'm taking notes on um, what I, I mean, like I have my gas curves on the computer and whatnot, but I still will be like theorizing is, okay, I did this, but I did this for this reason. And I might want to do it differently the next time for a different reason like that. It's much faster to do just writing it down really quickly than kind of like doing some sort of weird stuff in one of the two computer screens that I'm looking at, right? And so I'll usually do that with my woodshed pen. That's my, my everyday carry is usually a woodshed pen because those things are like, cannot be like, you can drop it. Like yeah. aside from getting some, you know, ink on the nib from the inside and I don't eyedropper them anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, those are pretty indestructible. So I usually, my EDC is a woodshed pen. So I, I, I'll, I'll do that. I also, whenever I go to the coffee fields, like I'll go harvest or whatever and like ferment with producers or whatever. And I'll just take all my pens because my collection is small enough that I can do that. Um, and because I feel like, oh, you know, like I'm going to a dangerous place. Like I might need them for something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not for self-defense. But like to barter your way out of captivity. <laughs> Do you know what this pen is worth? <laughs> no, I mean, I usually, uh, sometimes I'll bring my German Shepherd. Um, but I, like, I have to, there have been times where I have to, like, get in my Jetta all by myself and drive off into, like, who knows the hell's, I mean, it's just, like, off into the mountains where, where people are, like, you better meet me up at the top because if you try to come in alone, like, they're going to try to, you know, like, get money from you. And, you know, like, there's, I've been in some really shady shit. But, like, coffee stuff not drug stuff before y'all go there and say something weird, like no weird, you know, like drug cartel stuff I've ever had to deal with. Just FYI. But so no there's a lot of though. really shady situations where it's like, if I'm buying coffee and I'm bringing money in and they know that and they know what my car looks like, like I could be stopped somewhere. Like this is Mexico. Like I could be stopped anywhere along the way by anybody. And they're just going to be like, Hey, get, you know, like it could be, and I've had to do really weird stuff. Just um, and so I bring my fountain pens because um, obviously that could be really useful um, and it just makes me feel more comfortable. But I usually go with I go with groups or I'll go with um, like people that I trust, um, even if we're in small numbers. I've taken my my dog out too because there have been a few times where I've had to go alone. Like and it's it's yeah, it's it being working in like coffee exportation is not easy. Like a lot of times, and I don't mean to be like weird about it, but like it's like you don't sometimes know where you're going and what you have to do, and that's just part of part of the job. Um, and so definitely prepare for that. And I have to bring the fountain pens because it's an emotional, like it calms me down. Right. So you're not planning on like uncapping it and stabbing no, someone. With no, no, I don't have like I don't okay. have any weird like weapons or you know like violent think, plans. Yeah. No. Oh my God. No. 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 But like just for <laughs> I mean like I had to pass a police checkpoint last time when this was like in back in March and so COVID was already running rampant and they didn't want to let me through and this is like I was going to pay for the coffee like I had oh God how much I just had I had like tons of cash in the Jetta. Like these are like, this is like stuff that, you know, like drinking night stories are made of. Like I had, so I drive a Jetta. So I had just like, I don't know, 10 grand in the Jetta, right? And I'm like at this military police checkpoint. And pesos like, or dollars? No, dollars, but in pesos. Oh, jeez. Okay. 
And because I'm buying, like, I have to purchase this coffee. Like, these producers need this money. Like, I've got to, you know, I got to give it to them, right? And then they're, and then we're like, we're buying coffee. And so I'm going out there and it, it, like, I get, I was actually behind, we were traveling in a group, but I was behind like a, a different car and they got let through and I didn't. And, and it's like COVID times. Like we were just starting, like it's March, right? So COVID, like early March. So we're just starting to get, you know, like the COVID, you know, is like starting to kind of trickle in. People are still kind of like, well, it's kind of a big deal, but also kind of not like nobody really knows. Right. Like, and they weren't going to let me through and I had to like talk my way out of it, but I was like scared. Right. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I don't know, you know, like damn, I'll have to go around like me thinking like, well, I guess if I have to turn around and go home, like that's not the biggest of deals, but the big deal is like, if I can't get there, I'm the one with the, like, I've got the money in the car. Like I can't like, you know, and the other car is already gone. Right. Like I can't be like, here, you take it and I'll go home. Like I'm all by myself. So yeah, that was anyway. Um, so I take my pens whenever I go out to, um, the coffee fields. <laughs> for whatever so that you can reason. journal your stress anxieties down. yeah or take pictures with the coffee cherries and the pens um which nice. i've actually always been too shy to do but um it's so i think we need to redo i think we need to re-record our intro and say so today we're joined by kate avancino of the avancino crime family <laughs> right oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I do some weird stuff. Um, I think we just need an illustration of you, like, with, like, a Jetta, but, like, a convertible Jetta, and your hair's flying, and there's, like, Ooh. pens and, like, cash It's like a backpack coffee. full of cash. No. Oh, God. It's like, like, like a sketchy backpack poor in the passenger Jetta. seat. No, that poor Jetta. I have always, I've had such wonderful experiences going out to coffee communities. Once I, and I'm just, like, I'm just, like, a stupid, ridiculous gringa that does, like, a bunch of ridiculous-ass stuff. And it's, like, one night I was in this coffee community, didn't see like a ledge like you know i have my lights on i wasn't drinking i really don't drink very often just here with you guys right now um but you know whatever um and i was like driving i didn't see this ledge and i got my car stuck on it and oh my god yeah (laughs) and i was like oh shit you know like what am i gonna do and so like 20 guys come over and they're like hey don't worry we can help you and they moved my car i was like oh my god like i love this community forever like (laughs) we're just gonna like live here you should have you should have put pens on the had the guys lay down and put pens on them and just taken a picture. Right, I was so scared. Yeah. I don't even remember what pens I had with me. I was like shaking, scared. Like, oh, I, I like, can't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't get my car up a damn ledge. That's yeah, it was so bad. intense. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to be distracting. Um, no, it's great. Other than that, like I penable all the team. Like our roaster has a matte black VP with a fine nib. Um, all like my general management has like a Lamy Dark Safari, and then there's a few woodshed pens in there, and Twisby Goes that I just brought back from them recently. Um, and um, there's some baristas that are you know rolling out with uh, Pilot Petites. So I try to enable my barista and management team as much as possible, and then I do illustration too for coffee coffee books. So I'm in the um, Scott Rios roasting coffee best practices there are like five or six of my illustrations in there and i'll be coming out in a new um a new well this is actually i can't i'm not supposed to say anything about it so i won't but i'll be coming out in a new thing soon later maybe this upcoming next year yay that's 
so cool. Will you send me a link to the the book that you're in? So if yes, people want to check it out, they can. I will. I'm definitely going to order a copy because I didn't know that. That's so neat. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Randomness. They're like really weird illustrations. It's like, oh, a refractometer. Like I illustrated it. Wow. You know, like, or cupping spoons. Woo. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, even know, you know what any of that means. But yeah, like, cool. it's just yeah. <laughs> randomness. I love it. So um, you talked about pen enabling and bringing, bringing pens back. So I think that's like a good segue to our next question. Um, tell us about, uh, you went to drum goals. Yeah. And like, tell I us about how you kind of ended up there and what you brought back. Drum goals. I, I don't know what y'all think, but drum goals is like somewhere between like Disneyland and fountain pen, like a fountain pen Mecca. Yeah. Like it's up there. It's Both big. Matthew and I are really hoping to get down there soon and, um, see Michael and potentially record with him. Um, and maybe oh meet God. you. Woo! Oh, that would be amazing. I would love that. Um, Drum Goals is amazing. Um, it's a long story. I went to pick up um, quite a few pens. Um, I, it's been really hard for me to get pens down here. Um, the It all started with, this is like an epic journey, so I'm really sorry if I'm just like blathering on here. Like You'll have to stop me. Um, this is an, I'm about to tell the tale of an epic journey to Drum Goals. Because it was epic and it was a journey, like I had to journey to get there. Um, it was a four day journey and I only stayed in Houston for maybe 28 hours. So wow. we talk about grail pens, right? And this one was for a few reasons. So it all started with addicted planner stickers. I don't know if anybody follows addicted underscore planner stickers on Instagram. Are you, are you kidding me? You don't follow it? Oh my God, she's so amazing. <gasps> oh, And so she has all these amazing sailors and she also has um, the entire aurora like oceano set like of these aurora pens she has the whole set so she has like there's one for each seat like there's mar adriatico and then there's i don't even know like atlantico pacifico right there's like all of the mars like all of the oceans right and one is named after each ocean and so thanks to her i fell in love with and this was i don't know maybe like a year ago or eight months ago i don't, I don't even know um the uh Aurora Oceano Glaciale Artico. So the Arctic Ocean pen, right? And it's just this white pen. It's gorgeous. Like the hardware is gorgeous. Um, like the engraving is, it's just, it's, it's to die for. It's a magical pen, has magical powers. It's going to heal the world. <laughs> it's just, I had to have it. And, but it was totally unavailable as are grail, grail pens, right? Um, totally sold out. Like everywhere I looked, it was just entirely sold out. Um, and so like, I was, I don't know, just chillaxing one day and was like, Oh, Mike Madison has a live feed. It's the Baltimore pen show. Mike Madison has a live feed. Like I might as well watch it. And so I did. And on the drum goals table during Mike Madison's live feed, the pen pops up and I was oh, like, wow. No. No, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, because it's like a grail pen, but at the same time, like you want it, but it's okay that you don't have it because it's expensive and, you know, money, right? right. So right. Um, I immediately, I couldn't help myself, which is unfortunate. And I immediately um, messaged Michael on Instagram being like, oh my God, like, is that what I think it is? How much is it? And just PayPal'd him the money. <laughs> and so that poor pen, yeah, I know. But then that poor pen went through everything. Like I was like, well, you know, I don't want to deal with customs, Mexican customs. So I'll just come pick it up at the Chicago pen show. I was going to go to the specialty coffee association. 
um, expo. And then after that was the Chicago Penn show and then COVID happened. And, but so I, so all of that got canceled, but then, um, I, it turns out like the cap band was a little bit loose. And so Michael sent it to Italy. And so it went through the worst of COVID in Italy and oh, Aurora wow. got shut down. Yeah. And so Aurora got shut down and it just sat there for months and months and months and months until in June, it finally, I believe in June, it finally got back to drum rules. And Michael wow. was like, well, what do you want to do? And by that time, I had also fallen in love. It's so unfortunate, so unfortunate. Um, with an Armando Simone Club, Bologna Extra, Ebonite Seafoam, which so is, pretty. I just, oh, it's so pretty. It's to die for. Oh, I, and then, so I have these um, two wonderful pen friends who I've met actually through the two of you guys just being on like the Hoosier Pen Club meetings and whatnot. Um, Dr. Chris Caruana and then Davy Chin. And so we were, we were like chillaxing and talking online and, and they were both like, well, I think you have to get that pen cause you won't shut up about it. <laughs> and so, and so I did. And so I had both of these pens and Michael was like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, well, just send them to me. Let's just, you know, DA, but DHL express it. And so he did, but it got stuck in Mexican customs because they, I guess they put an ink bottle in, there was an ink bottle in, in, oh no, there was an ink bottle that came with the Aurora, but it turned out to be because of that and the Aurora ink that it got stopped, stopped in customs and had to be sent back to Texas. And so this whole like customs process took like a month until wow. we were in like mid, late July. And Michael was like, I just got the DHL box back. What do you want to do? And I just said, hang on to it. I'm coming. I just don't know when. And so I did. I had to go get my pens. <laughs> so when you got, Dang. but but when you got to Drum Ghouls, you picked up your Armando Simone Club extra Arco, right. or extra uh, Ebonite, Bologna, yeah. blah, 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 <laughs> seafoam, yeah. and your Aurora. But I'm pretty sure I saw more than that in right. your haul picture. What happened? What happened? What Kate? happened? I don't know. Gosh, it's <laughs> a really good question. Um, so, well, something else happened on my feed. You know, Instagram is a very dangerous place to hang out. Very dangerous yes. place to hang out. Um, and so, you know, and those sailors, I do love sailors. I love me a good sailor and those sailors are very dangerous. And so on my feed, I had, you know, grail pens. That's another thing. Um, the, there's like a donkey outside and it's braying. Is just that FYI. what that is? That's a, that's what that is. I don't, I don't, I can't <laughs> see it, but there's a donkey outside braying. I love living in Southern Mexico. I love it. It's amazing. You guys have to come visit me. Oh, so on my feed, I was in, I've always been in love with this sailor pen point exclusive called the cosmos or well not the cosmos but cosmos um and <laughs> i love the donkey he's so cute i like i want to <laughs> see if i can see it but i can't really and oh, i've probably disconnected we have our we, the... i think we have our episode title el burro yes. loco <laughs> <laughs> right so it's this like barbie pink it's not barbie pink it's like this pale pink pen and it has the clear finials, and it's a pro gear, not a slim. And it is just to die for. And I fell in love with it. And I said, see, why can you get it for me? Because you told me that I could do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, just send him a message, say your cat's friend. And so I did. You know, that's how you do it. Like, to all the <laughs> podcast listeners out there. And he was so sweet, responded immediately and said, yes, I can get it for you. He had it in immediately. And then I was like, see why? Like, I hate to do this, but... Like, and then I kind of just spilled the beans. Like, I'm going to go to Houston. Like, you can't send this pen to me in Mexico. Is there any way you can DHL express it to me? 
remember? Yeah. yeah. How did that? How did that? How did that roll out? I can't remember. Now. I don't know. Somehow you met Ariel, who's our friend Toasty Tree, and yeah. somehow coordinated with her, and the stars aligned, and her pens came with your pens. Right. From Japan. It's right. Amazing. So, yeah, that, so that was going down. So I also picked up at Drum Goals, and she was so sweet. She met me out in Drum Goals, and I'd actually sold her a pen because um, I got – I sold half my collection. I saw that. You sold a bunch of sailors. I sold all of my sailors. I didn't sell all my sailors. I sold um, all of my sailors except my Rialo Penpoint um, Tree Frog Exclusive. Because I ended up by getting um, the emperor. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Like, I mean, physically, but also like, yeah. Yeah. You went from zero to a hundred real fast. Right. 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 right, Yeah. Right. So it's awesome. um, This girl got herself an emperor. I adore it. It's my favorite pen. So you flew from southern Mexico to Texas to pick up an Aurora that had to go from Texas to Italy and back, plus an Armando Simone Club, plus something that got shipped from Tokyo to Texas, plus an Emperor. (laughs) Right. Plus some stuff that got stuck in customs at some point and then, like, came back. Right. It's just completely crazy to me. I love it it's so epic. much. It's yeah, I it's mean, the epic story of a lifetime. Like I probably won't do that again in a long, long time. Wow, I'm surprised they let you back in the country. Well, there's no. I mean, they're like, oh, do you have a fever? Have you been in contact with anybody who has COVID? You know, there are no there are no restrictions for you for U.S. travelers, and I'm a permanent resident in Mexico, mm-hmm. so I have like, I'm not coming in as a okay. tourist. So they have to let me back in. (laughs) And I had, like, my rental contracts, and I had, like, business stuff. But, like, just in case they gave me any, like, in case um, immigration gave me, um, you know, a hard time, I was ready to, you know, get the Dukes out there and be like, no. You just, like, pull out a pen. You're like, do you know? Do you know who I am? (laughs) I'm Kate Avancino of the Avancino crime family. I live here. I live here. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I stay here. I love it. So that's the story. So, so do you have a favorite pen? It's it's your emperor now. It's the emperor. <laughs> yeah, it's my big boy pen. It's so big. It's so, it's so huge. Big. That's but it's, what it's a great writer. It's really light. It's actually really light. And you know, I as we all do, I poured over reviews when it was you know like when you get that anxiety, like the should I get it anxiety, right? And you're being obsessive and pouring over reviews and for a million times. And so you know, it's like. The Fig Boot reviews, the SBRE Brown reviews, anyone that you can get your hand on about the Emperors. Um, one of the common things that is said is that, you know, these pens, are re- they're really comfortable in the hand. They're really light. Um, I can't take it out in public because people think that it's something naughty. Um, <laughs> maybe that might be because I'm a girl. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's right. a girl. Should I, you know, if I'm aye, a dude, aye, I'm aye. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, my God. So yeah, I think I got snickered at in a in a very posh um, bar restaurant in Mexico City on my yeah. way back when I took the Emperor out. So I think it's the ultimate women's pen. I think the Emperor is not a guy's pen. I think it's the ultimate women's pen, right? Because it's really badass. It's really badass to have an Emperor, and I, it writes amazingly. 
so it's amazing because I've handled the Emperor pins um, at pin shows. And, you know, when you see them, you know, pictured next to other pins, you know, it absolutely dwarfs like uh, Mont Blanc mm-hmm. 149 or, right. you know, like even like a even like a Pilot 823, which is a large pen. Right. Um, you know, it, it just dwarfs these pens. And so you look at it and you think like, oh my God, it's, it's, I mean, it's comically large. It's this right. massive thing. Um, but then, um, just in absolute true Japanese fashion, it is so well balanced right. and so well designed and so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, right. even though it's this like, huge pen it's not ostentatious i mean other than the size obviously garners a little bit of attention right but it's not this you know there's nothing flashy there's no jewelry or right i mean it's it is understated and comfortable and balanced and just lightweight Mm -hmm. and it's to me it's i mean kind of the epitome of of balance um in terms of you know form and in terms of sort of like form over function or you know function over form so right i agree i mean it's 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 beautiful and i think you probably got penabled because our friends davy and chris both own it yeah they probably (laughs) a little bit yeah definitely that has you know that's a factor there um but you know what we what we do when we do talk we talk a lot about um you know like ultimate nib experiences right and why right. you know and not you know I could buy and I have had you know a lot of sailors uh, or a lot of any pen really because they're so beautiful right like I want and there's still like a, there's like more sailors that I want it's like so it's hard and sad because we want like all of these gorgeous pens. But when, when I choose a pen now, I'm looking for um, the ultimate nib experience. And so for me, my favorite pen before the Emperor has always been the, um, the Custom 823 in a medium nib. And I know that it's, it's unfortunate because I agree with Matt Armstrong and, and I agree with, I've always agreed with you in the sense where it's like, this pen is like, not pretty, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, ugh. like, why can't you just look like an Italian pen, but write the way you do, right? And I think that's been a frustration of, like, the whole community, like, why do we have to choose, you know, form over function? Um, but I just, if I had to be, before the Emperor and all that, um, if I had to be on a desert island with one pen, I would choose the Pilot Custom 823 um, before the Emperor, and so I just assumed, you know, like, I think I just need, um, like, the ultimate Pilot nib, and then these two friends, you know, or Davy and Chris, or, you know, they're with, their, oh, yeah, the Emperor is, like, the best, and it is so good, and, you know, and, you, and I got there to Drongles, you know, and, you know, I had the money for it, and the price is reasonable, you know, I have the money, because um, I got, you know, I did sell part of my collection to do this, which is not, you know, not everybody's willing to do that, but I just went for it, and I tried the pen first, and it was like, yeah, I need it, like, I can't, like, I need it, and the way Arushi feels... It's perfectly machined. It's, I mean, it's, it looks really ridiculous with the cap on. It's, it's very large, but with the cap off, it doesn't really feel like that big of a pen, right? It doesn't. I think you just said something that's really interesting, and it's something that Matthew and I both feel pretty passionately about is you sold stuff to make room in your collection for that piece. I did. And did. we believe in that too. Like, if it's something you're not reaching for, or something you're not using, or something you can let go to get right. to that next level, it's worth it. And it sounds like you have no regrets. No, I don't. I don't. I love. No the, I, mean, I do love the pens that I sold. Like, they were pens that were dear to me. 
but I was not reaching for them. And yeah. it just seems sad to me to have these pens just to have them. And then, you know, like I can only, I only really like to have a certain amount of pens too. Like I don't, you know, I'm not that strict with it, but you know, like I do move or I'm, I'm pretty mobile. So and I do take my pens with me. So I can't have 40 pens. I can't because it's like, I can't carry them on, on, on my body, you know, like I need to have them in my purse. Like if I were to go on a trip and I can't do that. So I need to have, you know, 12 around there between 12 to 16. Right. And so you do keep a pretty, pretty tight collection. Yeah, I do. And so it was like, what do I use? What do I not use? Right. And they were gorgeous pens. Yeah. That was, that's, so that's, that's the drum goal story. I love it. I really want the, um, I, I talked to you a little bit, Kate, when you were Mm -hmm. looking at it and, um, you know, we, we talked about a lot of what we've just talked about here. Right. And so I'm glad that like everything kind of worked out the way you had hoped and thought it would when we were talking. Um, and I actually love the, I love the emperor. I know I'd probably never get one because of the size, but, um, I really want the vermilion Yukari Royale. I've been looking like I've eyed that one through, um, lemur ink for a while because he's that's a gorgeous pen and yeah i love it it's got that little like hint of gold at the bottom of the at the bottom of the yeah i haven't seen the rodden ones but oh god yeah the rodden ones are gorgeous cat would love them Mm. the shooting star is like the one i want i don't know which one brad Brad dowdy has like what is is there like a moonlight one or i i can't even remember he has the milky way and i want the shooting star shooting star right they're gorgeous they're beautiful and did you not like the 823 nib no i i like the 823 nib it's actually at john albert's house and he's making a pen for it that's amazing i gave him the nib back in january and just said let me know whenever Uh no rush and uh it's going to be a piston i think it's a piston i don't know john you'll have to tell me it's a pen that's going to have a spider web overlay in Argentium silver with a spider clip. Oh, that's so, so I've been cool. Watching him casting all the metal and doing all of the overlay work, and it's VVV exciting. So, and it's going to have the 823 nib. He just posted something on, I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram the other day, with the clip that was, remind me what it was. It was just gorgeous. What was it? It was a spider. Did you guys see that? It was a spider. Oh, it was just wow. Yeah, it was yeah. a practice for my pen. So if nobody <laughs> follows um, John Albert, they should follow John Albert on Instagram yeah. or Facebook. Absolutely. He's one of our fine work. Yeah. So let's pivot and talk a little bit about coffee for the last little bit here. Okay. So <laughs> Kate is obviously passionate about coffee, and I kind of thought it'd be fun if we both talk, Matthew and I, about our coffee journeys and how we got here and where we're at with coffee. Um, I actually have been drinking coffee since I was a teenager, so mm-hmm. probably 13 or 14 years old I started drinking wow. coffee. I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid, like, don't drink coffee, it's got caffeine in it, it's a drug, you'll get addicted, and blah, blah, right. blah. And then, you know, I started drinking coffee in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the taste of it, and I drank drip coffee pretty much like with a cheap coffee maker and like maybe some beans that weren't Folgers but like 
not great beans like that were pre-ground I got from the store and I I mean I made coffee like that for years um with probably like a Mr. Coffee or something like that and I would just like put the pot in my room and just drink it in college I mean and I would drink a, a lot of coffee but it was not good coffee um I would have probably said at the time that it was good coffee, but, like, obviously I didn't know anything. <laughs> and then, I don't know, four years or five years ago, I started to drink Nespresso, which is, like, the pods, um, but it's, like, nicer than the Keurig pods. Like, the coffee is, like, better or whatever, and it's extracted differently, and I mm-hmm. thought that was fantastic, and it was good coffee. It tasted good as easy I would just wake up in the morning, make an espresso, and call it good. I still have an espresso. I still love using it, but mm-hmm. I have not used it in a little while. Ever since talking to you, this was sorry, this was happened. It's okay. Um, and so I got a French press in 2018 ish. Mm-hmm. I got uh, peer pressured into that by my my family member actually. And I just, like, eyeballed it with coffee grounds and water, so I had really inconsistent results mm-hmm. with a wrench press, and I was always like, it's oily and weird, and I'm sure that was all my fault. Um, and I didn't like it. And right. I got bored as hell during the pandemic and decided that everybody around me was doing pour-overs, so I bought a Kalita Wave. And it sat in the box for two months because I was intimidated by it, and I was I was frankly afraid. Right. I needed I needed a burr grinder and a scale. What like what? You have to weigh stuff. You should have messaged me earlier, girl. <laughs> I was so intimidated. I was frankly Aww. terrified of the whole thing. And so, over the last maybe two months or so, I like got the thing out of the box and and actually learned how to do pour over. So I've I've. I'm a baby. I'm a baby in the like very fancy coffee world, and it's great. I like it, Matthew. Oh yay! Yeah, so I'm not really a coffee drinker. Um, I never really have been. My family didn't really drink coffee. I mean, we had like, you know, it was like that, like make like the Mister Coffee like twelve cup whatever thing, and it would just sit on the it would sit on the warmer like all day and people would just come over, like stop somebody stop by and there'd like be a cup of coffee available, you know, and powdered creamer and all that crap. So like, I just didn't grow up with good coffee. I didn't like coffee and I probably didn't like it because of that. Um, and I've had experience with Keurigs and Nespresso's and all that. And I just, um, but I did, um, so, you know, I, I like, cold coffee I really like iced coffee a lot um Mm -hmm. and I you know so I would drink iced coffee if I drank coffee at all and I'm sort of that way just across the board in terms of beverages like I don't like hot beverages really at all I don't drink hot tea I don't drink warm water I mean like I just I like stuff to be really cold um and so I love cold brew I got into making cold brew a few years ago and I made that like pretty regular actually I have kind of a funny story about that um so there's a local uh sort of local to me like 30 minutes away there's a um bourbon distillery that started uh like in 2013 or something so they're pretty young and then there's also a coffee roaster right down the street from them uh called Loveland Coffee in Columbia South Carolina and 
Loveland and Crouch Distilling decided to partner up and make bourbon-infused coffee beans where they um, took the bourbon barrels that were had been, like, you know, had the bourbon mm-hmm. in them, and they put green coffee beans in them and left them mm-hmm. in there for, like, months so they would absorb the bourbon. Right. And then they roasted them. And then I ground those beans and made cold brew out of them and drank a bunch of it and was like, pretty sure I'm drunk, but also like (laughs) caffeinated. Yeah. Like got accidentally drunk at work. Oh, goodness. Um, Not my current job, my last job. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, those barrels do leave some flavor there. 2014, 2015. So, I mean, great coffee, but like, also, like, my body was like, hey, we're jacked up, but also a little drunk. So, because <laughs> I make it pretty strong. Uh, but, yeah, so I've I've been trying um, French press, and I have a scale, and I do have the burr grinder, and I do have some OAX coffee. Thank you. Um, I haven't opened it yet, because I'm trying to finish off the bag that I have and not open Kate's, like, dying yet. over so here. I'm, She's dying. I'm, I'm almost there. No, I've... I have one day's worth like of beans left. Like I'm ready to do boot camp. Current bag, you know, um, like coffee boot camp. I know. So. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready for pour over yet. But I have been doing the French press, and I've been doing some cold brew and stuff. I actually had a bunch That's of good. cold brew today, and I was like real jacked up. So caffeine, <laughs> um, like yeah, it it doesn't um, hot coffee doesn't affect me, but cold brew like. I'm like yeah, there's gonna be more the caffeine charts. in a cold brew. So, but hot coffee, like I can drink three cups of hot coffee and go lay down and go to sleep. Like it doesn't. Yeah, we know because you do right. it like not infrequently. Right. Yeah, yeah, and like I sort of crave coffee at night, warm hot coffee. Uh, I never wake up in the morning and think, "Ooh, you know, it'd be great this morning." Like, like the best part of waking up is not Folgers <laughs> ever, but well, also sure. not yeah, coffee ever. in general for me. Yeah, Folgers yeah. is yeah. Ugh. So. Yeah. Well, that's what they make it work in the giant, like, commercial coffee pot. Right. Well, you probably have a pretty high caffeine tolerance. Um, There's going to be more. Anytime that you have uh, coffee in contact with water, that's the longer the amount of time, the higher amount of caffeine um, will pass into the water. And cold brew will, I don't know how you do it, but there will be cold brews that are, you know, 18 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, um, where the coffee is in contact with the water. And even though the water is not hot, like, you're going to have more caffeine migration from mm-hmm. those grounds to the yeah, mine's water 12, than you're to, 12 to 18 in hours espresso. on cold brew. So, yeah, I mean, I so you. a pour over is going to have more caffeine than a shot of espresso with water, right? So if you drink an Americano, like that's an espresso with water, that'll have less caffeine uh, than uh, any pour over you do. So I think that's interesting because gotcha. I, I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. I have felt that ever since I started doing pour over, I feel super caffeinated in the mornings with just the one cup and that explains But it. your cup is big. You do big cup. It's, a, it's 375 grams of right. water. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's good. You're good. Um, I'll, I stick to 250. But um, I like yeah, a lot of I, sorry if I interrupted you there, Matthew. I don't know if you. No, that's good. No, we're done. I'm, I mean, I was done. We're not done. I know. We're done. <laughs> Over, Kate. Team. <laughs> yeah. Well, Finito in Spanish. 
So, Kate, um, many of our listeners probably do drink coffee, um, right. but maybe they're afraid or overwhelmed or whatever, afraid to step up their coffee game. Right. Um, totally I mean, I know I was, like I said, it took me like over two months to use my pour over. Um, can you give some basic tips for anybody looking to make a better cup, you know, right. um, easy of basics? Of course. Um, well, it's not going to be the same for everybody, right? And so that's why, like, I do want to back this up a little bit um, and just start with, you know, there's no good or bad in coffee. So if somebody makes you feel bad for liking Folgers, they like that's that's for me. That's no good. There's no good and bad in coffee. There are just taste preferences. Sorry if we're assholes about the Folgers. If you no, like, no, it's your okay. Folgers, yeah, anybody out there drinking it. Folgers, like I'm not here to bash Nespresso or Keurigs or whatever, right? Like if you like that, that's fine, right? And one of the most powerful tools in coffee is knowing what you like and knowing what you don't like, and that's where we start from. Right. Um, and that's where I always start from either with clients on bar or um, wholesale clients that are ordering coffee from me or in any circumstance, even with, you know, green people that are looking for green coffee. You know, what do what, what do you what do you want it for? What are you looking for? What do you want it for? Right. And so there are there are some things I want just general listeners. This is going to be like my kind of this is going to be the rant here. Here I go. Is ready. Uh, probably won't. it won't be that long. A little bit, not that much. Um, so we want we we need to understand some basic things about coffee, and we need to understand what we like, right? So coffee is an, is originally a fruit. Okay, it's a cherry, right? Um, and the coffee green beans that we end up by roasting are seeds. So they're actually alive. They're embryos, right? Um, and so because coffee is originally a fruit, uh, there are going to be five fla- five factors that will affect the final flavor of the coffee that we're drinking. Okay, and so those final th- those five factors are going to be the varietal, um, which is the varietal of the coffee bean, right? Like if it's a geisha varietal, if it's Typica, if it's SL34 from Africa, because coffee has varietals just like wine grapes, right? With like Chardonnay or Pinot Noir and all those things, right? Or, or types of apples. Same thing in coffee. So each of those varietals is going to impart a particular flavor onto your final cup, right? Okay, so that's one thing. Thing two is going to be origin. Where did it come from? Is it from Africa? Is it from Guatemala, right? Is it from Mexico? Is it from Costa Rica, right? Where is it from? That's thing two. Thing three is going to be fermentation. We can't, we have to dry these seeds to be able to make them stable and alive, but dormant and to be able to, be able to roast them properly. How do we do that? Like they come in this sticky cherry form. There's going to be some sort of fermentation um, that will allow us to then get rid of the sticky pulp and juiciness and then dry them adequately. So how it was fermented also has a great deal to do with how the end flavor tastes. I'm not gonna get into fermentation processes here, it's just too much. Okay, thing four, how, how was it roasted? A really dark roast with oil on the outside is going to taste vastly different um, in the same coffee than a really light roast of that same coffee. How was it roasted? And then lastly, the fifth factor that's going to affect how your final cup tastes is how you extracted it. Obviously, if you drink an espresso of one of, of coffee A and then make a pour over of coffee A and then make a, a French press with coffee A, those three drinks will taste vastly that will taste vastly different, right? So you really need to know what you like. So let's then go back really quickly to the origins of, of this discussion is what is specialty coffee? So we get kind of a bad rap, right? Like specialty coffee baristas and roasteries, like as being really hoity-toity and we scare people off. And so this is kind of like a bad thing in the industry in the coffee industry that we have to kind of talk about and get rid of. And um, so that's it. But the idea of specialty coffee, aside from like a certain point value being assigned to the coffee that you're drinking, 
is that coffee has a terroir, kind of like cheese, wine, or beer, right? And so we, when we start treating coffee like cheese, wine, or beer, we can expect to find these flavors of origin, you know, of a microclimate of a particular place, of a terroir of a particular place, or a specific fermentation. We can find that in our cup, okay? And so these are, these are actual, like, real things, right? Coffee has over 2,000 flavor, like, detectable flavor molecules that we can pick up, and more so than any other food or beverage that we consume. Wine has 500. Chocolate has 800, right? And why is that? That's mostly because of the roasting process, right? Um, and I, although chocolate, like cacao beans are roasted, the fat content in there, like also kind of prohibits that, um, like different molecules, um, kind of grouped together or not, you know, to be able to make, uh, flavors, but because of the way that coffee is kind of, uh, on a molecular level, um, how it's composed that allows like these just, there's, 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 they haven't even identified there's over 2000. Uh, wow. you know, molecules uh, that can be detected in coffee. And there are many different organic acids, um, acetic acid, uh, phosphoric, malic, citric, and others that can either be destroyed or rearranged in the roasting process, depending on um, how it's being roasted, right? And what is available to the roaster. So what does all this mean? Since that, that, that was the majority of, of everything, right? Because it, it, at the end of the day, it means that coffee is really complex, right? So you have to know what you like or what you don't like, right? Sometimes it's easier to know what we don't like, right? I don't like coffee that's really acidic, for example. I've heard that a lot of times. Oh, I don't like it if it's really acidic or if it's really lemony, I don't like that. Okay, so let's stick to darker roasts, right? Let's stick to medium to medium high roasts of coffee that maybe is a little bit less dense. Um, let's not go with, you know, those. I, Mike Madison on Slack today posted a uh, photo of a coffee from Africa that was um, 2,000 meters above sea level, um, really light roast. Um, so that's going to be a really dense coffee. A really light roast of a really high altitude African coffee is going to be really dense, right? And that's going to give you a lot of acidity. If you don't like acidity, don't buy coffee that is light roast or um, potentially very dense, because very dense coffees will retain a lot of acidity. Um, so that's one thing, right? And then if you, but it, at the same time, to be able to try new things, I would recommend, I know because of COVID, we can't frequent specialty coffee bars in the same way, but there is kind of like pickup options, perhaps I would say, see what, what is around you and just go to a specialty shop. And instead of ordering a bag of coffee, coming home, making a French press and saying, I hate this, it would be much easier to order some sort of a pour over and then be like, okay, do I like this? What do I like and what do I not like? And start from there. If you think that you could like it or do like it, then I would say, okay, get a bag and you know, let's try it out, right? But don't jump into this and then expect it to be easy because it's really frustrating, right? But the end results are very complex and they think they really make it worth it. So other than that, like the actual, what recommendations do I have? Buy fresh beans. Like we always say the same things. Buy really fresh beans from a local roastery, right? Or somebody who's roasting constantly, right? You don't want to buy beans that you don't know when they were roasted, or you don't want to buy beans that um, were roasted three months ago. You want to buy freshly roasted, high quality beans of the roasting level that you desire. Dark roast, medium roast, light roast, whatever. Just buy really high quality beans. Get the best quality grinder that you can afford, right? A burr grinder, 
because the quality of your grinder will determine the flavors that are in your cup. Nothing affects more this particular factor than the quality of your grinder. It should be a burr grinder. I would recommend, we can put it in the show notes if, if that's possible. Uh, the Baratza Encore, it's on Seattle Coffee Gear for $139. They have a 10% off uh, coupon if you sign up for their email list. That is the entry-level grinder that I recommend for anybody. It's so good that even specialty coffee shops sometimes use it for pour overs. Um, and then I would recommend uh, two other things. Uh, obviously use a scale. If you don't know how much coffee is going into your drink and how much water, because you can also weigh the water, if you don't know how much coffee and water you're putting in, you have no way of controlling what you're doing. Because you can say, oh, well, I put a spoon in. But let's say if you have a fine grind of a really dark roast, that spoon is going to contain a lot more coffee than, uh, than a coarser grind of a light roast, right? You can fit more in. So volume doesn't really help us. What helps us is weight to be able to control flavors. So coffee weight and water weight. And that's what we look for. So use the scale. There's, I mean, many people have scales in their homes. You don't need a fancy scale. They're really helpful and really nice. And they can, you know, get down to the 0.1 gram. But if you're starting out, you can use a, just a general uh, digital kitchen scale, right? I'm, those are probably like eight to $10 on Amazon. Um, as for pour overs that I recommend for people that are starting out, I would say Calito, a Calito Wave would be, um, I would recommend, or even a Chemex for beginners, I suppose. V60 is my favorite. Plastic V60 is my favorite pour over method, but it is finicky. It's very finicky. So I would start out, Calito seems to be easier, or Chemex for beginners, right? And so, I mean, and then you're going to need a kettle, right? Because this is just like the coffee equipment thing is it's annoying and expensive, but the end results are worth it. You're talking about getting a really complex cup with different flavors, right? And if you enjoy this, if this is something that you enjoy or could enjoy, it might be worth looking into. You could start with a French press and move from there. Um, if you're looking into a kettle, I would say you could get a non-temperature, like the temperature controlled ones um, start at around $90 for a Bonavita. But Matthew's Bodum, Matthew, you have a Bodum. I don't know how, how you've been doing with that, but um, that's, do. a, that's a pretty good one. And that's around 40, 50, something like that. Yeah, so I like with the Bodum's great. I did notice that, um, you know, it gets the water really, really hot. Right. So the first time I made it, the first time I used it, you know, the water, you know, the, the light, you know, you, you push the button, the light comes on. When the light goes off, your water is ready. Um, boiling, basically. So, like, I the first time I did it, I, I poured it in, and I noticed my coffee was... Um, which is really bitter and kind of like this kind of burnt taste. So I now what I do is I let the light go off and then I wait like about a minute and a half to two minutes. So it cools down a little bit and then I do the pour over. And like the last time I did it, it's funny because um, the one of the coffees that um, actually Kat gave me um, is the Stumptown. And the first time I did it, I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like it just doesn't like it doesn't do anything for me. So then the second time I let it cool down before I did the pour over, and as soon as I took a sip, I was like, oh, like, this is like citrusy and chocolatey. And I look at the front of the bag and it was like notes of citrus and dark chocolate. Like I immediately got those flavors that I did not get the first time. And so right. anybody that wants the Bodum kettle, it's great. It's fast. It's efficient. Um, it's beautiful. So you can leave it out on your counter and it looks nice. Um, but like it gets the water really, I think it actually gets the water above boiling. It's very hot. I mean, it can't be above boiling, right? Because it turns to steam. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's way too hot for pour over. Um, it might be great for like a cup of tea where you're going to steep the bag in your cup for a few minutes. Um, so I would just say, let it, let the light turn off, wait two minutes and then pour it over and you get a great cup of coffee. At least and to, 
to my like unrefined palate. Well, no, no, no. You're basically totally the, you're the Neanderthal you're right coffee. There. You know what? I think you did a great job figuring no. out what you liked, what you didn't like, and what went wrong. And that's no, that's great. No, that's really great. I commend you um, because you go for darker roasts, right? Yeah, like the chocolate. Darker roasts don't need ninety-four degree water. Chocolate. You are gonna you are gonna have really bitter coffee if you're using really dark roast and really hot water. And so that if you're into dark roasts, I do recommend getting a temperature controlled kettle, because those darker roasts will go bitter with hotter water, right? And so the hot water we always use pretty much ninety-four and above if possible. Um, ninety and above, really. I mean, water boils here at like ninety-three, so I'm kind of stuck at in Oaxaca here. Um, but we really want to in the industry, if you're, if you're looking at a, a light roasted, very dense bean, yes, you need 94 degree water, right? Or more. Like if you can yeah. get to like 98, oh my, oh my gosh, I think you're going to have some flavors there. Depending on how the coffee was roasted and what coffee it is, you could unlock some flavors, you know, like extra level that are, you know, like super, super bomb. But um, that's for really light, den light roasted, dense coffees. And when you're dealing with darker roasts, you don't need that hot water. You can go, I mean, I don't know, down to 88, right? But, the, but you know what you did and you have a system. And so then my last point, my very last point is going to be write it down. And this, so this is a great excuse for us coffee people, right? You're going to have to like break out a Twisby and some Noodler's Inc. Because if you're doing coffee next to, you know, like <laughs> don't, don't journal <laughs> this in your Hipponoto or your Musubi. But, you know, break out a, a Field Notes journal, a Twisby, and some Noodler's Inc. And, you know, I want to see those pictures of, you know, how was your extraction today? I journal in a Musubi about my coffee. Do you really? Yes. Oh, you're just, <laughs> you're an angel. <laughs> Kate, real quick, real quick. I gotta, I need to clarify. You keep talking like 88, 90, what, you're talking Celsius, yes? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Celsius. Okay. Just, no, no, just making sure. Just wanted to clarify that for anybody. I, I mean, I know most people probably assume because you're in Mexico, you're talking Celsius, but just in case any listeners. Yeah. No, um, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, you're you not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to do much with coffee with 88 degrees right, Fahrenheit. No. <laughs> yeah. We need to extract. <laughs> I just got a new yeah. kettle. I had the Bodum, um, until like two weeks ago or a week ago. Right. And I, uh, was peer pressured into getting the fellow um, temperature controlled, and I and I changed it to Celsius so that I could talk with Kate more easily because I was having to convert into Fahrenheit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Matthew's um, got a really good setup with a Bodum right. French press and a Bodum kettle, and his burr grinder is a manual burr grinder, so it takes longer. But I think it was like. 40 or 50 dollars it's ceramic so it's like yeah, so nice. yeah my entire setup for anybody because you know i went into this budget like i was like how can i get into this like pretty inexpensively um right. so yeah between like my kettle my scale which doubles as like a male scale so like if i'm shipping packages i'll use it for that so like yeah but i got a scale that does it does pounds ounces grams um, and I think it even does tenths of grams. I think I bought it off of Amazon. I bought a pack of two for like sixteen ninety nine. So um, it's you know so I've got an eight dollar scale, uh, you know a forty dollar kettle, a, a twelve or eighteen dollar French press, and then my burr grinder is the most expensive thing, um, which was a hand me down from Cat, and it's mm -hmm. maybe forty or fifty new on Amazon or something. So. Like right. my whole setup was maybe a hundred dollars, maybe. And right. you know, yeah. You could probably get away with, you know, I don't know, if you wanted to, you could skip the kettle and I guess boil water 
on your stove right. or something. Right. For French press, yeah, you can get it. away with not having a a kettle. Yeah. So, um, but the kettle is so convenient. There's no it pot. So There's convenient. like no yeah. funnel. It it's just like it's got, and you know, it's yeah. So I would recommend just go for the kettle. Right. And I think what we've learned is like both of us started out 2020 very much noobs in the coffee world and we've already quickly learned like i learned i don't like floral coffees really uh, i didn't know that i didn't even know that that flavor was the thing i didn't like in coffee i just was like i don't like this i can't even identify why i don't like this and kate was right. like it's because it's floral and i was like oh okay right. yeah. <laughs> and so i don't know it's super fun and of course i like jumped into this like i do with everything and like bought all the things um but now I have a lot of guilt about how much money I spent on all my coffee. So I'm drinking coffee every day and I'm happy. That's good though. <laughs> I mean, the good thing about coffee stuff is that unless it like, it should be good for a long time. It's not like, Oh, the new kettle that, I mean, for me, like, I remember, I remember when the pink kettle that you have came out and I was like, Oh my God, I want it. You know, like as if it was a sailor. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't go with the, aesthetics on the bar so i have the white ones but um like it doesn't like that doesn't happen that often so once you have the thing like you're pretty good i mean like unless you're a really hardcore home aficionado that like is busting out a couple thousand dollars for like a Lombardi mini you know like espresso machine like unless you're doing yeah like really i don't know if you guys follow like a, a do dr vitolo vitolo dr vitolo not sure if you guys oh, follow that him. guy that fountain pen yeah. guy yeah he does really amazing coffee stuff as well um, oh, cool. so he's, yeah, he's really interesting. Um, but like the equipment that he has is, um, commercial equipment, um, sometimes. Wow. Yeah. And so we're talking about, you know, I don't know, $4,000 grinder, a couple thousand dollars press machine. Like, unless you're at that level, when something new comes out and you need it because it has this tech spec, you know, kind of like computers, like oh, if you're God. just talking about your general home setup, once you have a good grinder, you're good. You know, I thought once I was, I thought scale, I was in deep. Good. No, I you're apparently okay. am not. Because now what are you going to get? Like, you know, it's like you've got the best kettle. In my, I mean, in my, in my humble opinion, you've got the best kettle. And they don't come out with different colors that frequently. And even if they did, the pink one is so cute, right? So it's different. Like, you're, once you have the good stuff, you're, you're good. I think it's so fun. And it's like a fun crossover that a lot of our, our fountain pen friends are interested in, are already right. doing, are looking to expand. And I think it's so fun because, you know, we know you through pens, but you're our coffee friend too. So, you know, you've been this really great um, resource for us to talk about coffee, but also talk about pens. And it's just kind yep. of fun and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We one day will organize like, uh, it's like one of my dreams to like be able to, because I, you know, don't see... I didn't get to do any pen shows before COVID or whatever. And um, I just, it would be lovely to do like a coffee cupping, which is, you know, industry lingo for tasting. So like a coffee tasting at like an HPC event or like at a pen show, like in one of the, maybe next year, you know, after COVID goes away. Yeah. Well, you have an open invitation to stay here thank or you. whatever. So. <laughs> thank you. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us, Kate. Where can the people find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram at um, Kitty Kate Cat. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Kitty Cat Kate loves espresso. Um, I have my coffee site up now for shipping to the U.S. and Canada at oaxcoffee.com. And yeah, uh, you can follow us as well at oaxcoffee 
at Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at InkyCatWrites and on InkyCatWrites.com. And you can find me at HeyMatthew on Instagram and HeyMatthew.com. And we are at BentTimes.com as well. Thank you so much, Thank Kate. You it's so been much, a Kate. super Thank pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Awesome. Bye. See you. Bye.